Discussions, Lesson 4, Progressive Christianity. Hey guys, I did a workout the other day. It was a kid's workout. And I gotta tell you, my head, shoulders, knees, and toes, they're really sore. Knees and toes. Knees and toes. Okay, I wanted to do an episode here about progressive Christianity. So some of you may be aware of that term, others of you maybe have never heard of it before, but I've been diving into a, a personal study uh, of this this movement um, as uh, I have some friends who have become very involved and committed to to the movement. So if you've noticed that this word deconstruction has become kind of a buzzword for many people questioning the Christian faith, and many who are in this process are being influenced by key figures like Rob Bell and a monk whose name is Richard Rohr, R-O-H-R. So what I actually want to do is have you listen to a few minutes of a podcast uh, from a, a guy named Justin Brierley. He's uh, across the pond in England, and he has a podcast called Unbelievable. And it's a great podcast, guys, where he has guests come on to talk about Christian faith and those that disagree with the Christian faith. But in one episode, he had Lisa Gunger, who is a really well-known uh, singer, and Alisa Childers, who also had a successful singing career. Both were kind of involved in the Christian music scene, uh, but both of them have gone very different routes with their conclusions as they've deconstructed and reconstructed their faith. Alisa ends up becoming, and you'll hear her at the end of the clip, even stronger in Orthodox Christianity, and Lisa Gunger is going to be moving quite a ways away from Orthodox Christianity. So I'll, I'll have you listen to a couple clips here. You're listening to Unbelievable on Premier Christian Radio. Welcome back to today's show. We're talking about deconstruction, doubt, and finding faith again. Really excited about the guests joining me on the show today, Lisa Gunga and Elisa Childers, both with careers in the Christian music industry. Both have gone through spells of severe doubt and deconstruction when it comes to faith, but they've both kind of come out of it, but with sort of different perspectives, and that's what we're going to be discussing in the rest of today's programme. Um, uh, Lisa, you've sort of written very eloquently about your journey in, in your new book, The Most Beautiful Thing I've Seen. Um, listening to Elisa's story, um, I'm sure there are parts of that that you can connect with, but, but also in a way you, you, you've obviously gone in a different direction, having encountered probably some quite similar issues. Um, so so what, what's the difference, would you say, between the way you tackled it and the way, and the way Elisa has tackled it in the end? Um... I, th I think the difference would be oh, uh, I think the difference would be that 
I see all, all the streams of religions leading to the same well. Um, I believe the Bible is good, and I, I'm not in a place of deconstruction anymore and trying to find and poke the holes. Um, I loved your story. I loved it so much. It's so beautiful, and I really resonate with so much of it. Um, I think for me, trying to, it became so intellectual for me, mm-hmm. and I thought if I figured it out enough or if I studied enough, then I could, that would be the foundation. So for me, it had to be an undoing. I had to, it was a process of totally unknowing. And there wasn't a piece to take out and put back in like the Lego set. Um, because the moment I would do that, for, for me, I would, yeah, I, I would, well, was that piece true? And and for me, Jesus and the Bible and this path of Christianity that I had been on was, was and, and, and then deconstructing. The deconstruction was not a blip. It was the thing that was always my Christianity, my faith was always leading to. And that's like, I think that's what's happened to us. That's what happens <laughs> when you, when you are seeking God, you get to the, the bottom. Mm of it all. And I think that's the point. So Mm. like every, every good, great teacher and guru, that's the thing that you're given a riddle. You're given this thing that you try to figure out and you walk away and you have a journey or a lifetime trying to figure out the riddle. But the point is there's, we're all, we can so reside here in our head trying to figure it out and thinking we can actually prove that God exists. And for me, like you, you, you can't. It's not a scientific thing you can pull apart and look under a microscope. Uh, so for me, it was all an undoing, undoing all the things that I know. And I'd taken seminary classes. I went to um, uh, so many different uh, workshops, <laughs> weekend things about the Bible, trying, trying, trying to figure it out so that I could prove it. And that never you, you don't per- about what I'm our skip daughters ahead, guys. Is- Describing God as what that is that not one you'd particularly use? What uh, what what kind of what, and it's so difficult because this you know it might change from day to day. Who knows? But what would if if someone asked, hey, what do you believe then, Lisa? Is there an easy way of summing it up in a label or a phrase or or, or a sentence? Um, I mean, I do, I do consider myself part of the Christian community. Um, but I really think Jesus had it down when people say, well, well, who are you? You know, there was so much, there's so much into like what we tell people we are. Like, but what we're asking people is, are you safe? Mm. Are you a safe person? Because what they're getting at, can I believe you? Can I trust you? So when he would, they would say, who are you? And he would say, well, I, I am. Um, so... He wasn't always prepared to like give, a, yeah, he wasn't always prepared to give people the obvious answers they were sometimes looking for. He 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 uh, yeah. I yeah. yeah. So I if if we're looking for like a short thing of how to sum that up, that's that's what I would say. Someone's like, well, what are you? Who are you? <laughs> I I am. Um, yeah. are you do you consider yourself part of the Christian community? Yeah, I do. I really do. 
Mm. Um, I love Jesus very much. What What's your take on all this, Elisa? Where, where What was your response, firstly, to some of you know the videos around um, where Lisa got to, and and you know what she's written and spoken about when it comes to where she she finds herself ultimately? Well, one part of my story that I forgot to mention was that the church I was at where this kind of group study happened ended up uh, becoming a progressive Christian community. So that's why I've been so passionate to learn more about progressive Christianity and, and, and understand what progressive Christians believe because so many of my friends and people that I was in community with went in that direction. And so, uh, so I read Lisa's book and, I thought it was, you know, beautifully written, and I, I thought you wrote with such vulnerability. It was a lot I related with in your book as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and I would actually agree with Lisa that uh, I don't like using the word proof because I, I, I think it's a really strong word. I prefer, uh, you know, trust based on evidence, reason, using your reason and things like this. But I think it, it's just interesting, a, a, a comment that Lisa made where, Lisa, you said that you believe that many paths lead to the same well and uh talking about different if i'm understanding you correctly different religious uh traditions and and different um all leading to the to god or who you might call the divine mother yeah um and and it's interesting to me because that's a that's really a a truth claim about objective reality that's that's uh a claim an objective truth claim and so either many paths lead to the same well or if Christianity is true and, and it's exclusive and Jesus is the only way, well, then then one of those is false. And they can't both be true at the same time. They could both be wrong. But um, and, and so I think I just always it, as much as because I'm an artist, too, I'm, I think in metaphors and and all of this. But no matter how much I personally get into the metaphor and all this, it always circles me back around like. These are both objective truth claims. These are both claims about reality. And so for me, I, I wanted my view of reality uh, to be based on the evidence that I see in the world and evidence through science, evidence through, uh, through, through all the different um, ways that we can observe evidence. And, and so, uh, yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think it solves the problem. I think that we're both kind of making exclusive claims about who God is and how to get to him and how, how to practice that and how to, to live that out. And yeah. so, you know, that, that, that was yeah. just kind of my observation. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, at this point in my life, I'm not trying to tear apart anyone's construct I think we all we all need constructs and whatever someone chooses unless it's an oppressive suppressing someone if it's oppressing a people group uh, if it's harmful yeah not not into that but if it's if it's leading people and if it's helpful and it's helping you love yourself more and love your kids and your family and everyone around you that's beautiful. That's so. So, I'll I'll share a link on the Google Classroom page and also somehow with the episode itself for you guys. If you want to listen to the full interview, it's utterly fascinating and very very instructive. Uh, and I think it's something that we need to become more and more aware of. 
um, what people are going through as they're talking about this deconstruction of their orthodox, very evangelical Christianity that that they had. So you'll notice that, and this is confusing because it's Lisa Gunger who is moving towards this progressive Christian movement, and then there's Alyssa or Alisa Childers, and she uh, works with Institute 360 and um, has become very strong in her evangelical faith. And Alisa talked last there. And maybe you noticed that she was talking about not proof, but looking at the evidence. And she was really talking about critical rationality. And Lisa Gunger is definitely taking the approach that all truth is equal. She said she's not interested in poking holes in other people's paradigms or constructs. Uh, But yet, interestingly, she said that she had gotten to the bottom of it all early on. So what I want to actually talk about in the few minutes that we've got left here is some of the major beliefs that are connected with the progressive Christian movement. And you heard a couple of those uh, examples in um, that clip. So let me give you two of them that I'm just noticing is a reality Uh, The first one is the Bible is poorly utilized. Uh, I'm going to give you two examples of this, and I think it just highlights the importance of the four contexts that I talked about in the last lesson. Notice how Lisa quotes Jesus' statement, I am. And Lisa came to the conviction that it's just an identity statement about all of us, that we should all say that same thing. Now, if you just spend a little bit of time reading your Bible, you're going to see Jesus is quoting Exodus 3.14 when God tells Moses his name. Jesus is making a unique claim here about himself, identifying him as God. And the Pharisees got it, right? Because what's their response? Their response isn't to go, oh, yeah, interesting thought, Jesus. No, they, they grab stones and they want to kill him because Jesus is committing blasphemy. So this is not Jesus coming to a realization that he hopes all people will come to about themselves. He's making a unique claim about himself. And if you read the Gospels, just from beginning to end, this is very clear, isn't it? The Gospel writers are presenting a unique view of Jesus, unlike any other human, that he is the God who has come to earth. Um... So nowhere does Scripture invite us to claim to say what Jesus did. Another example to to just bring up is from a, a book by a guy named Richard Rohr, R-O-H-R. He wrote a book called The Universal Christ, and I just read it recently because a couple of my buddies have said that Rohr was so influential to where they're currently at within their beliefs. And... I noticed that Rohr used scripture often by just quoting one verse. And remember, guys, that's literary context. Never just study one verse. So let me give an example of what can happen if if you do that. Early in his book, I'm going to give you a quote from Rohr. He actually interacts with Genesis 127. So here's the quote. The evolving universe-spanning Christ mystery, in which all of us take part, is the subject of this book. Jesus is the map for the time-bound and personal level of life, and Christ is the blueprint for all time and space and life itself. 
both reveal the universal pattern of self-emptying and infilling, Christ, and death and resurrection, Jesus, which is the process that we have called holiness, salvation, or just growth at different times in our history. For Christians, this universal pattern perfectly mimics the inner life of the Trinity in Christian theology, which is our template for how reality unfolds. And since all things are created in the image and likeness of God. Did you catch it? Unquote. Unquote. Now it's me. Here. Rohr said all things were made in God's image. Now, what's going on here? He says this because he believes in something called panentheism, the belief that God is in everything. Rohr calls creation the first incarnation where God infused himself into the physical world. But hold on. Does the Bible actually say that? It, it just doesn't. Plain and simple, it says God made humans in his image. The Hebrew word is Adam. So uh, why is Rohr doing this? And I, I would like to suggest Rohr is doing this, one, because he's not taking the Bible. He does not think that you need to look at the verses around it to understand what the verse means, nor does he think that you need to actually use all the words, that you, you actually can embed different words into scripture, and it's okay. Why? Because God is in you. And I think that grounds his ability to actually reshape scripture to fit his beliefs. And to me, this is not seeking truth. It's, it's maintaining a worldview in spite of the evidence that's in front of them. And it it's really concerning to me when somebody feels like they can just reshape scripture to fit what they believe. Uh, and I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in reshaping scripture to fit what I believe. I, I want my beliefs to be shaped by scripture. And so that's a place I think where people who are pursuing this movement can be challenged. What does scripture say? What does it really say? Even if it makes us uncomfortable. The second thing, I gotta move fast here. The second thing is about dualism. That dualism is bad. Um, and dualism is, is basically this. Um, the progressive Christian movement holds the conviction that the us versus them or binary way of viewing truth is unloving and wrong. So let me give you a couple examples of this from, from Rohr's book. Rohr says on page seven, and I quote, truly enlightened people see oneness because they look out from oneness. Instead of labeling everything as superior and inferior, in or out, if you think you are privately saved or enlightened, Rohr says, then you are neither saved nor enlightened, it seems to me, unquote. Um, uh, here's, here's another one. He says, um, he says, page 21, here's a quote. For me, a true comprehension of the full Christ mystery is the, is the key to the foundational reform of the Christian religion, which alone will move us beyond any attempts to corral or capture God into our exclusive group, unquote. Uh, a while back, a friend of mine made, made comments about his Christian upbringing, and he said that his, his view in the past 
that he had, his Christian worldview, it was, here's some quotes, it was wrong-minded, it was childish, narrow, limited, nearsighted, arrogant, and self-serving. Um, he claimed he needed to break from the evangelical tradition. Um, and he says, we have been so wrong in our approach. Uh, here, here's my critique of Rohr and, and my friend. It seems to me that they're wanting to have their cake and eat it too. That these statements are actually all dualistic. Uh, Rohr has pinned himself against Christians who disagree with him, but he's using dualistic statements when he does it. Um, we, we can't get away from it. So as Rohr critiques, and my friend critiques the us versus them mentality, all they're doing is moving themselves from one group to another group. They're not getting away from a dualistic claim that someone's wrong and someone's right. I mean, I get why people are, are trying to part ways with this dualistic thinking. It, it makes people uncomfortable. It means people are lost in sin. It means we have loved ones who will choose to be separated from God. It means to truly claim the gospel as exclusive is going to be repulsive to our modern audience. Uh, and that's going to lead us to be ostracized by a society that prefers what they think is inclusivism rather than exclusivism. And we're going to talk about that later. Um, I've got a lot more to say about, about this, but it's just heavy on my heart as I think about um, this movement. And I, I don't think it's going to go away. I think Rob Bell, Richard Rohr, guys like this are going to have greater and greater influence. And it's really important that we avail ourselves of resources. Um, so let me give you a couple. The Alisa Childers podcast is great. Also, Impact 360 Institute, their website is great. Um, but of course, more than anything else, I think the more we know God's Word and spend time in it, the more we can have conversations with people and help people lovingly, help people, and when it's appropriate to challenge these ideas um, that are present in our culture today. Um, so my hope is that this was encouraging and thought-provoking and helpful for you guys, and I pray that God will use what we went through in this short little bit of time, sorry I went over a little bit, to um, help you have good conversations with people in the future about Jesus, who is indeed the one and only great I am.